Awesome show today. We got Roderick Rogers joining the show. Uh, two-time All-Big Ten safety. Great Badgers player. Uh, we're going to talk Jim Leonard. He was there when Jim Leonard was a player. We're going to talk Jim Leonard, um, coaching transitions, and a lot more in today's Locked On Badgers. You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Locked On Badgers. I'm your host, Ryan Herrings. As always, appreciate everybody joining the show, whether you're watching on the YouTube or you're joining on the pod. Really do appreciate it. A really fun guest today. We're going to bring him on. I don't want to waste any time. Uh, Roderick Rogers joins the show. Really, really good Badgers defensive back. Two-time All-Big Ten safety. Uh, I was on the Thorpe and Lot Watch Trophy list. Roderick, man, thank you for joining the show. Uh, no problem, Ryan. Thanks for having me. No, I'm excited. And one of the reasons I, I really wanted to have you on, not, I've been following you on Twitter for a while, and I definitely want to get into what, you're, what you've got going on now. But you had a, an interesting tweet after Jim Leonard took over, talking about you were there when he was there. You learned a lot from him. Um, and I also know you were there for the uh, Barry Alvarez to Brett Bielema coaching transition. So I thought this would be a really fun time to get you on the show and talk to you. What, what do you remember playing with Jim Leonard, being on the team with him? What was, what was special, about, uh, special about Jim? Well, if you've been around Jim or you played with Jim, uh, you understood how smart he was was a, as a player. And, you know, he would see things that many guys couldn't see. Uh, a lot of time studying, he really studied the game. Uh, he really enjoyed the game. But it was just being smart, being able to translate what he's seeing on the film to the field was like none other. Uh, he, they really helped him uh, size-wise. He wasn't the tallest. Uh, he definitely wasn't the biggest. But if you watched him play, he was always in the right spot. And that was something, like, he, that's just a natural thing, right? I mean, there's can you coach that? Because you're working with defensive backs now. That's kind of a, a mentorship coaching role that you've started to take on for high school athletes. How how hard is that for a young player to have that? Is that just something that comes naturally? I don't know. Maybe some of it is, but most of it is the time and effort that he put into uh, his craft. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure he's still the same way today. Uh, the, you know, he, he studies the game. He looks at the small detail. He plays it over and over and over again in his mind. And then he executes. So, that's what I know about uh, Jim and and uh, him as a, a player and what he pro probably is as a coach. So when you saw this news break, I, again, I saw you kind of react to it on Twitter just in terms of, you know, I played with Jim. I, I learned a ton from him. Being from Wisconsin or having gone to Wisconsin, you're not from Wisconsin, but having played there, knowing the, the consistency and the culture, how surprising was this to you to see this happen in season to Paul Christ? Man, that – I didn't think it would happen in season. Uh, that's not like Wisconsin, uh, but there's new le leadership and, and uh, he felt like things weren't going in the right direction, but uh, we had been so stable for a while, you know, especially with coaches, coaches had uh, a lot of time to really, you know, uh, run the, run their offense, their defense, their, uh, vision towards the program. Obviously, being with Barry Alvarez, he had been there for every, uh, forever, and 
Um, so it was a lot of consistency. So to see that happen so early in the season was quite a shock. Uh, quite a shock. But uh, you know the new the news and what the the fans were saying and what everybody was saying kind of maybe pushed it a little further. Do you think? The era that we're in now where, where there is just a lot more money, you know, new facilities are being built. Wisconsin's putting 300 into a practice, 300 million into a new practice facility. USC, UCLA are joining the conference, new media deal. Does the, pre- the pressure just ratchet up everywhere? Is, is this kind of a result of that? Pressure does uh, ratchet up when uh, money's being spent. Uh, they got to redeem that money somehow. And they're mm-hmm. hoping to do it through fans and support. And when your fans and uh, and your supporters aren't supporting as much, uh, then that kind of puts a little uh, uh, pressure on everything. I want I want to talk to you as well about just the current state of NIL recruiting. I just get your feel on it because you're an athlete that would have really benefited from that. You know, mm. all, all Big Ten safety and. I've long said that the NCAA wait took way too long to figure this out. You know, I, I love that athletes are able to get, you know, uh, a share of the money that they generate now. You know, I'm not just saying that because you're on. I've said that for a long time. Um, but what are some of the challenges now for maybe schools like a Wisconsin that traditionally isn't spending quite as much money on recruiting? You know, is, is this I guess what I'm asking is what are maybe some of the unintended consequences of this? The unintended. Ten, well, I'll say this. Now, uh, kids are kind of handpicking schools based on revenue, uh, based on where I can get a lot more looks or fans or things like that. So I think it's going to really hurt a lot of uh, the guys or the, the stadiums that aren't that are half full or, mm-hmm. you know, that type. So I think that part, they're kind of picky on well, where can I get the largest deal or anything like that? I think a school like Wisconsin would be okay. But when you, you know, go down to lower level conferences and, you know, or or FCS, it's going to be, you know, we got to get who the bigger guys didn't get because of contracts or because of advertising or because, you know, they – you know, have a tendency to get, you know, bigger deals in this marketing world. Yeah. And I wanted to loop that back. I really wanted your perspective on that as a former athlete that quite frankly, a big time athlete would have been certainly involved in that. Um, Looping it back now to Jim Leonard, who is just much younger than Paul Crist, right? He's 40. Paul Crist is a little older. It, It kind of feels like coaching almost has to be a little bit more of a younger man's game as, you know, there's just more media, there's more money, there's more uh, having to almost appease players. You know, does that kind of factor into maybe younger coaches ruling the day at this point? Yeah, it kind of does. The younger coaches are now coming with the energy. They understand the social media world a little bit, even though I don't think Jim is a big social media guy, but uh, they understand it a lot more. They can connect with the kids a lot more. They come with the energy Older coaches have to adapt to that uh, in order to get some of these players that, you know, want to coach that kind of understands them a little bit more uh, to dump some of these older rules that are out there to let them market themselves and not feel like it's uh, 
uh, offensive thing or mm-hmm. you're not focused on the team or anything like that. So that's I think that's kind of helping a lot of these younger coaches a little bit. Um, so the game, it has changed before our eyes. Yeah, and in a lot of good ways, I think. I, I really think a lot of these changes are for the good, but certainly for coaches, you know, Paul, Chris, you know, Kirk Ferentz at Iowa that have just they're not used to this type of college football. You know, I no. think it's very different. Um, coming up, I'm going to keep Roderick Rogers on the show as long as I can. With all great guests, I'm going to run out of time before I run out of questions. Uh, but coming up after this break, I really want to talk about the 2006 Badgers team, which I think is one of the teams that we don't talk about nearly enough with Badgers history. So we're going to do that next on Locked On Badgers with Roderick Rogers. Uh, but first, today's show is brought to you by Simply Safe. The numbers do not lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. Simply Safe is the only thing that matters because I use it in my home. I know what I'm getting. And, you know, I use it. I've talked about this before. I have Simply Safe sensors on my windows, my doors. It's incredibly easy to install. No, no wires. You know, you just stick it above a door or a window. If somebody opens it, you get a chime. It shows up in your smartphone, your smart devices. And that's what I like about it. It gives me peace of mind. I got a family. Sometimes I have to do work travel. It gives my wife a peace of mind as well if I'm not there. Blankets your home in protection. Advanced sensors for every room, window, and door. High-definition security cameras cover all entry and uh, exit points to your house. It's really something easy to install. Gives you a frame of mind or, or peace of mind and not very expensive. Uh, 24-7 monitoring experts. And you can go with a special lockdown offer. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafecom slash college, And you save 20%. On your Simply Safe security system, when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan, get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com/slash locked on college. Learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And we're going to bring Roderick Rogers back on the show. Um, once again, really, really grateful for the time, man. I, I do want to take a second because I've been following you on Twitter for a while. That's kind of how I saw your tweet about Jim Leonard. That's why I really got, wanted to get you on the show and talk about it. But you're doing a ton with football. You're still involved in the game. Um, where can people follow you and what are you what are you doing right now? So they can follow me at uh, on Twitter at RodCoaching.com or Instagram at Rod underscore Allen underscore rogers so my name that's pretty pretty easy but uh i am involved with a high school football team um that is actually going to be a steam school in about two years um but we have a football program that um um is doing okay we're we have a winning record with four and three the kids are learning uh it's really my first year actually doing the high school coaching. I have been coaching players individually as high school players, but being connected with a team is a little different, understanding what they're trying to get done and the plan and things like that. But uh, it's really enjoyable. Big win yesterday against uh, Jefferson here. Uh, I think it was homecoming 38-0. But I am the defensive back 
coach there with along with a few other uh, coaches. And uh, we're just trying to understand the team and see how far we could take this thing. That's awesome, man. You have you ever pulled the defensive backs into the film room, put a put a seven year old tapes on? Maybe that that interception against Purdue when you took it to the house. I text them every <laughs> week with clips clips from my college year. Uh, I love it. They're probably tired of uh, seeing all my clips, but I tell them to pick your game up all the time. And and they're good kids. Uh, they're responsible kids. They're get, they're learning. They're coachable. They get better. Uh, we should have at least one of them uh, go to a major college after when the season ends. So it's really fun with them. That's awesome, man. I wanted to talk to you about uh, the 2006 Badgers team. So, I mean, Jim Leonard left. You kind of took over a big chunk of the secondary, 2005 and 2006. Like I said, two-time All-Big Ten safety. But that 2006 team, I've always thought nobody – well, I shouldn't say nobody, but it just doesn't get talked about like the Russell Wilson Wisconsin team or even the – the recent, you know, Alex Hornibrook team that lost one game. You, you guys lost one game that year. And yeah. Like, that could have been a title team. I mean, it, honestly, you lost one game and your defense was incredible. Yeah. It was It's like an unsung team where, you know, if they ever did uh, a story on it, you know, there were no, except Joe Thomas, but he was mm-hmm. on the offensive line. Uh, but there was no, like, really standout ish it was a really good team we worked well together we talked to each other we hung out together um and when we got on the field we just connected together you know everybody was in the right spot uh everybody was you know about the team um and that was uh alvarez last year there well no that was brett bielema's first year Mm -hmm. after alvarez had uh retired that year so we came in with the new system the one and open philosophy we bought into it we connected well and we just finished games we didn't finish michigan but we finished a lot of those games um and it was it was one of my fun years can you explain for people who maybe don't know maybe younger fans or or even people who are a little older but don't remember, what was the the Bielema's one and no philosophy? Was that that was a big shift for you guys? He brought that in. Yeah, so it was more like take one play at a time, uh, one game at a time. Don't look forward, don't look back. One, you know, you just focus on what's in front of you at that at that deal. Don't worry about who you have to play next week. Don't worry about who you played last week. Uh, it was just the one and no mentality that brett kind of instilled in us and of course you guys finished up that season we were just talking before we got on the air here uh bowl win and capital one bowl against a really good arkansas team that had darren mcfadden felix jones and i I don't know if you remember but you guys gave up 12.1 per game on defense that year second in the nation we weren't giving up very many uh plays at all and we were stopping the explosive plays Uh, i think that was our mentality do your job, stop the explosive plays, and you'll turn out pretty good. And we did a really good job of doing that. Yeah, that defense was – it's one of the better – again, I don't think people talk about it a lot. Uh, It's one of the better Wisconsin defenses in Wisconsin history. And I was looking at, you know, Jonathan Casillas. uh, Levy was on that team. You were on that team. uh, Matt Shaughnessy was on that team. Nick Hayden was on that team. Yeah. Uh, You you mentioned there's no 
superstar. And there wasn't a J.J. Watt, but there's like six NFL dudes, yourself included, on yeah. that team. Mark Zalewski yep. uh, got a shot at the NFL uh, as a linebacker. Uh, obviously, we had uh, Joe Stelmarker there. And, uh, Jack Aikuguanu, who yep. everybody knows his story. Uh, but um, but he was there in a really good corner. I think he had a little shot with the Philadelphia Eagles as well. So, yeah, we had solid guys that fitted to that style of play and did really well. And then having uh, Dave Doran, who's now at North Carolina State, mm-hmm defensive coordinator come in and be the defensive coordinator it was uh a really good thing how involved i always had this question because this is the other reason i kind of really wanted to have you on aside from just talking about the 2016 um you know you were there for the barry alvarez to bielema transition and bielema was a defensive coach but then mm-hmm. obviously became the head coach you mentioned dave doran came in how involved was bielema still in the defense or was it mostly doran's show it was um I think he was involved, but I think he had to back back off a little bit more because he had to look at the the big picture. And I think he trusted Dave Doran and the the other defensive staff that was there. Uh, Kerry Cooks came in as a defensive back coach uh, as well. I think he trusted his staff. Um, he he had knew these guys, so he wasn't. He would look and make comments here and there, uh, but. He also had to do the same thing for the offense as well. But it wasn't like it was a hard transition. Like he was, he wanted to overdo it uh, with his speech and things like that. Uh, he really trusted his coaches to coach. I, I know this was a while ago, uh, but we're hearing comments from players uh, on the current Badgers team talking about how difficult this transition was. And obviously, this transition from Paul Chris to Jim Leonard is much different than the one from Barry Alvarez to Brett Bielema happening yeah. in the offseason. But even then, being in that locker room switching coaches, do you remember how big of that transition was? I know you mentioned new system. Did it was there still a learning curve there, even in the off season? It they did a really good job for me of keeping some things the same and adding others that kind of linked them together. Um, for me, it wasn't a huge uh, transition, and not for a lot of guys, I believe. I think it was just different tone, uh, different characters, different personalities that you had to adapt to. Um, but in terms of scheme, they did a really good job, um, you know, implementing the scheme and making it uh, where we understood what was going on in that deal. Who was more fiery as a head coach, Alvarez or Bielema? Ah, man, let me think. Alvy was a little more laid back. I think Billima came in with a little more loud voice talking and, and things mm. like that. I think you had to really do something to make Alvarez kind of react in that way. Um, Brett would, uh, you know, he would ha- he would pretty much have something to say after every play. And I suppose some of that was probably, you know, Alvarez was on the way out. Bielema was coming in with that young, that young yeah. energy, having to prove himself a little bit. Um, last question here on the, the 2006 team. And then we're going to get into the last segment for the show. And again, I really, really appreciate the time. Do you all ever, and I'm curious if you talk to anybody else from that defense specifically, or even that team, do you ever just sit back and, and reminisce on what if we had tripped up Michigan? 
Yeah. Um, I talked to Alan Langford, who was the corner at the mm-hmm. top of Detroit. And I always tell him, like, man, if I could play that game over again, I, we would do this different. We'll do that different. We, we, you realize how close you were and what it meant. And it's like, man, we cannot play it over again. I think we really, when we talk about that one and oh philosophy, I think I don't think we were as into uh, during that game. We were more like, man, we were in the big house. You know, we we wanted to win. We we felt like we could win, and I think there was a good game plan. We just didn't execute. So it's now it's like. We look back at that game. That's probably why we're the unsung team. Uh, but we could have been really, really special. Um, and I think we would have played USC that year. So it was – we do look back. Uh, I talk to him all the time and Jamal Cooper. And it's mm-hmm. like, man, what if we had a won that game? It's, it's definitely one of the better Wisconsin teams that – quite frankly, doesn't get quite the credit that it should get, in my opinion. Um, not at all. Yeah, not at all. And it was a Joe Thomas team, so I thought they would, mm-hmm. you know, give us a little bit more credit. Uh, but, yeah, they don't talk about as much. No, I, I I, was there. For, like I told you, I think I already said on the show, I was there for the Capital One Bowl. I mean, you guys were just awesome. A totally yeah. salty defense, won that game. Um, coming up, we're going to take one more quick break, keep Roderick on the show as long as possible. We're going to talk a little bit about a current Badger that he has a connection to. I'm, I'm really interested to pick his brain on that. That's coming up next on Locked On Badgers. Uh, but first, today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online remains the number one source for all your sports betting needs and information. A latest player developments, team matchups, podcasts, in depth articles, and analysis on every single game you can find. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information, live betting, uh, up to the minute scores for every sport. And when we say every sport, we mean every sport golf boxing mma baseball basketball a lot of things starting up baseball playoffs are in full swing basketball is about to start up if you have a feel on any of these sports do it responsibly but take a few dollars you can have fun with it everything on bet online head to betonline.net use your mobile device to learn more bet online excuse me where the game starts uh, we're gonna bring roderick back on the show one more segment and again really really appreciative of the time uh, you have a connection with uh, Al Ashford, Al Ashford, the Wisconsin Badgers cornerback. I'm, I'm curious, kind of a how that started and where you know how he works with you now. Yeah, so Al is originally from New York, and I think his family moved to uh, Colorado Springs when they got here, and uh, and I'm in Denver. So then uh, a few a few years or maybe after a season, they decided to move up to Denver and, and, uh, attend Cherry Creek. And during this time I was doing, uh, seven on sevens and trainings with, uh, Corey Askew at, uh, Colorado wild. And we were just trying to train the guys. Uh, both of us had been to college and played defensive back. So we wanted to provide some knowledge to the lower, uh, high school guys or the guys that were coming up. And we connected, you know, we had a few training uh, sessions and it kind of went from there. So I've been um, working with him since his junior year uh, at Cherry Creek. And we spent two years together before he was picked up by the Wisconsin Badgers. Can you tell? So when he committed, um, 
I am enthralled by the fact that he's a six foot one, six foot, you know, well built four four type guy. Mm-hmm. Um, what can you tell us about having worked with him in working in training sessions, the work ethic, the type of kid he is? The type of kid he is, he's first of all, he's coachable. Um, he's one that wants to learn. And he's one that wants to be successful. And he's one that is going to do everything to put himself in position to be successful. He's a smart kid. Um, he is a, 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 a kid that, you know, you kind of really hang your hat on. You think, you, you think he's going to be successful soon, um, for sure. So that's what I really uh, like about Al and, and his style. And he's not arrogant and he's, He's just want to be a guy. Do you know, so this year he's kind of bounced in the, especially in the off season, he kind of bounced between corner and safety a little bit. Where, where would you feel his, his best position going forward is like, if you had to project that out. Size wise and toughness wise, I think he's a really good tackler. I like him at safety. Mm. Um, I really do like him at safety. Um, he's not afraid to come up. He's not afraid to be aggressive. I think he has good range as a player, uh, good hips. He could do the corner, but I really hope that uh, it, that safety position, not because of myself, but uh, I really hope that uh, uh, lands on him. I love it. Uh, Roderick Rogers, thank you so, so much for jumping on the show. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. I know people are going to enjoy this conversation. Um, we're definitely going to put all your contact info in the show notes. So people, I encourage people to go and find him. He has a bunch of good clips, just cornerback receiver play. Uh, definitely somebody I follow, somebody I find very insightful. And again, a member of one of the most unsung Badger teams that we've ever seen. So yeah, uh, really, really appreciate it, man. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you for having me on, man. I wish your show the best success, and and uh, you can have me anytime. Oh, I love it. I mean, listen, the show success is is keyed by getting people like you on the show. That's what I always say. You know, we always try to build the community, get smarter voices on, um, and you definitely qualify as that. So for everyone listening, I really appreciate it. Like I said, we always are here to build the community. We your team every single day. Uh, when you're done here, go check out Locked On Big Ten with host Nate Dickinson. He's going to bring you all around the Big Ten Conference. And with that, on Wisconsin, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.